to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. Everybody, welcome to episode 152 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. I have got quite the interview for you today with a gal named Stella Q from all the way over in Australia. And I wanted to introduce this and give you just a little bit of context before letting this episode play. There was a moment where about an hour, maybe hour and a half in, I realized I had lost my dog. So we paused and I went and looked for him and I didn't find him. And Stella prayed and I said a prayer and I think we proved well it's a hard thing to prove but we at least provide some evidence for the power of prayer and how perhaps when two or more pray for the same thing those prayers don't add up I think they multiply because Doc came back he'd been gone for at least two hours and I was worried but I chose to trust him and to trust God and Stella was a big part of helping me do that. So I'll start by saying thank you. Sort of generally, I will express my thanks that my dog returned home safely. And throughout this episode, we listen to to various songs by Stella. She's a musician. And I thought that the last song we played was going to be the end of the episode, but it was during that song when Doc returned. So I tell you this to know that there's a little bonus at the very, very end after the song plays. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, you know, I think you'll really, really enjoy this one. 
I know I did. I even told Stella that this might be my best interview yet. Which, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Now, before I hit play on the interview, I will just mention that the Easy Peasy Podcast could really use your support. And if you get something out of this episode, I would ask humbly that you give something back. You can do that at my link, itty bitty, or I'm sorry, easypeasy.ittybitty.tips. But truth is, guys, I'm really trying to step it up a level. I want to take this show further. I want to do more. I've got quite a few cool interviews lined up and some support would go a long way, right? You know, it would be incredible if this podcast started to bring in some income. I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, but it ain't easy out there for an entrepreneur, a, a sole proprietor, a small business owner. Anybody that says it's easy is full of shit. But as I said, I think this episode has a lot of value. And being that we are a value for value podcast, I cannot tell you how much value it has to you. Only you can decide that. So with that, let me introduce you to Stella Q. Shopping for something money just can't buy. Call 
That was Time by Stella Q, who is joining us tonight from all the way on the other side of the world, where it just so happens to be tomorrow morning, which is a mind fuck if I ever, if I ever saw one. Uh, how you doing, Stella? Welcome to Easy Peasy. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is a strange anomaly. It certainly is. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Glad you made it. Uh, yeah, it's Tuesday evening where I am and Wednesday morning where you are, which is where? 10 a.m. I am the Northern Rivers area of New South Wales in Australia, which is on the East Coast. Man, it's wild. Uh, the whole international dateline thing, like I understand how it works and why why it's a thing. Um, but, you know, it's something that we never dealt with as a species, um, sort of being on global time, if you will, until sort of the recent past, right? Um, you know, maybe a few hundred years ago, you would have been on your time and I would have been on my time and I never would have thought a second thought about it. But here we are talking on the internet in 2023. I don't know if you've ever looked at the international date line on a map, but it's a very strange shape. I don't know who decided all that. <laughs> I mean, who decided where? Well, we'll just whack it in this section, okay? Everyone cool with that? Yeah, yeah, okay. So Done. it kind of zigs and zags, and uh, it's not a straight up and down north to oh, south. Oh no, it's line. far from straight. It mm. uh, incorporates little little islands and things. I guess there's some kind of uh, logic to it. Perhaps they're maybe they've got high elevation where the sun hits first or something. I'm not quite sure. I think that's what it's based on. Where the sun hits first. Well, time's a trip to begin with, which is why I chose to totally. play that song first, you know. Can you give <laughs> it's me the, the most time? valuable. It's the most valuable, oh please, it's the most valuable uh, commodity that we have really. I mean far, far above gold, silver, anything like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Irreplaceable and uh, it's a blessing to receive time from somebody. Yeah, I agree. Um, as a person with not a lot of riches or belongings, uh, there's not a whole lot I have control of other than my time, which is a good thing to stay aware of. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are chasing the riches and chasing satisfaction or happiness, um, but they lose the most precious commodity there is, which is their own time. They, they don't enjoy what they're doing while they're doing it because they're always 10 steps ahead. Um, and I don't know. I think there's a lot of things I see between the two of us that I think we have in common and it seems to me that that's kind of one of them is just recognizing the importance of uh, being here, being now, and um, 
I suppose taking seriously like the life that we're given and not wasting it, right? Oh, totally. And uh, I've had my fair share of wasting time. And uh, let's just go back to something you said there. You can't get no satisfaction. Hmm. <laughs> you just cannot. You can't. It doesn't matter what you pursue. I mean, take it from Tavis. I'm oh, sorry, Rolling Stones. Uh, you just can't. Um, right, right. It's a constant pursuit of uh, – it's where your treasures lie. I mean, I, I always say this. It's it's where you put your treasures. Um, it's that's what you pursue, and that's where you'll find the satisfaction. I guess you just got to figure out where your treasures are. Yeah. Well, you True had a ones. quote. You had a quote in that video. It wasn't a lyric, um, and I don't know who you were quoting. It was kind of hard to read, but it said, "Fear not the future, weep not for the past." Which, mm. I, who said that? First of all. <clears throat> here's the honest truth. <laughs> While I was making the video, I thought I could really whack a quote in here. So I did a quick search <laughs> and I looked for something appropriate and that was just perfect. And I can't remember the quote uh, because I was not prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I, I didn't know you were going to play this. Um, so yeah, uh, we'd have to really rewind and have a look or I could probably look up my notes, but that's going to take far too long. Nah, who cares? Uh, Cost-benefit analysis, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the quote itself... Um, is uh, definitely a, a good one that you can relate to. Yeah. Well, it just, it it's succinct and it's well said. Um, mm. Cause like so many people are living in the past or in the future. They're not living in the present. And that sounds like a cliche, but it's, it's true. It's fucking true. Like fearing the future doesn't get you anywhere. Like weeping for the past gets you equally as far. Uh, all you have is the time that you're in. Um, you know, it's like the whole, another cliche, like tomorrow never comes, right? It's always today, which is why it's such a trip to be like, oh, you're living in tomorrow in Australia. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the lotto numbers later. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very strange thing. But, I um, wish it worked that way. If you knew the lottery, then, yeah, that would be so convenient. But I don't think that's how it works. I don't think the lottery works how we think it works anyway. I've just come across some few things, but that's getting a bit off track. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, that's um, the thing, but like, just cause it's Wednesday morning where you are and Tuesday night where I am, it is now for both of us. Like it's the same time or we're, we're living in the same place. It's uh, the time is now. Right. Right. <laughs> it's the same now for both of us. And I think that's what you were saying with your song, wasn't it? Yeah. It's just, it's funny actually. I, Realized halfway through my songwriting, I don't know, I wouldn't say career because I didn't get paid a lot for it, but uh, adventures, life, um, that there's very few songs that I've written that don't have the word time in there or a reference to time. Um, I've never actually sat down and counted them, but it's something that I kind of noticed and went, oh, right, there's a thread. <laughs> so it must be important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did notice that. Um, and I think the listener will get a chance to notice that too because – I asked, you know, you if it was okay if we used, you know, a handful of your songs here. Oh, uh, yeah. And and I'm excited to do that. You know, it's like a lot of your songs seem to be hitting on themes that I, I figured you and I would talk about. Truth is, I didn't listen to any of your music till today. And I kind of binged it. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't have a whole lot. Are you of okay? Stuff. What's that? What's that? Are now? you okay? Oh, I'm Are okay. You okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty tough. I can handle it. Yeah. Excellent. But uh, you've only got a handful of songs on YouTube. Do you have much else or is that pretty much everything? 
Well, I've only got a handful of songs on YouTube for the reason that um, they're primarily the better recorded type ones. In other words, they're the ones that I was able to, excuse me, uh, go to a recording studio in the old days, uh, usually due to either friends or, well, that was pretty much it, friends, um, who were able to help me out or give me really cheap rates. Um, I think, well, time was actually the one that I spent the most on. Ah, there's a bit of a story to time. The guy who uh, recorded, well, was the engineer of that, which is a place called Troy Horse Studios in Sydney. They're still going. Uh, I don't think they have the studio anymore. Uh, Anyway, his name was uh, Brian Kachia. He was working at Troy Horse at the time. He has since gone off to become really big in um, writing in Hollywood, basically. Uh, He wrote music in, oh, he he produced, um, I think directed, very creative guy. Um, uh, Gabriel, do you remember a movie called Gabriel? Uh, it was about like a fo- an angel. I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, he worked with another guy and I wasn't prepared for this again. So um, he's really well known over there. Tyler. Tyler. Ch- Childers. No. Another mm. Hollywood guy. Oh man, sorry. I wish I was prepared. Anyway, he's a really big guy and you'll, you'd know him if I said him. Mm. He does all those sort of movie scores and things like that. Anyway, he, it was an absolute privilege to have this guy engineering for me and then he went off and did that career. It's like, wow, that was that was pretty cool because, I mean, he did a really good job in a really short time for a really small amount of money. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a much different recording back in those days. I mean, we're talking that's 20 years ago. Really? Really? Time? Yeah. You recorded it that long ago? Wow. Time flies. <laughs> no shit. So, yeah, I just saw like – that it was posted on YouTube two years ago. So I assumed that's when you, when you wrote it, but now I see down below, it says at Stella Q 2005. Yeah. That's wild. You know, in 2005, I want to say I was in seventh grade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's not get into that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Sorry. 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 I'm probably old enough to be your. Well, at least I'm pretty sure you're not. So that's okay. You kind of cut out there. I think your audio went out. Oh, okay. I was just saying, uh, mm. I think, um, yeah, I'm old enough to be your much older sister with uh, parents who had a very late surprise. Oh, I assumed you were saying old enough to be my mom. And I said, I'm pretty sure you're not. So. <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. But yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, it's moving okay. on. <laughs> well, so, um, you know, I guess I'm curious, like, in terms of, I, you know, your background, um, I understand that you lived in... Was it Tasmania for a while? I was listening to a couple of your episodes of Union of the Unknown and Not Your Mama's News. And, you know, I listened to the one where it was Greener Posture. Yeah. Right? Greener Postures. That's with Lenny. Yep. So you were kind of doing like a swap cast there. Is that is that a show, Greener Posture? Greener Postures? Yes. That's yeah. uh, with Lenny and uh, she's uh, married to Chud X. You might know of Chud. No? Okay. No. Um, anyway, they run a couple of different podcasts um, and that was our first one with Lanny. So she's, we're probably going to do that as a regular thing. We're basically going into the sort of homesteading side of things. So yeah, I was living in Tasmania. I was there for 14 years um, on the East Coast. So I basically, I grew up in Sydney, um, got a mortgage, went to Tasmania, got rid of the mortgage, <laughs> bought mm. some property, um, bought actually three properties, but that was like in succession. Um, and this property that we bought was um, 84 acres. We later added an- another few acres. We ended up with 96, but we bought it. It was, it was absolutely zero on it, nothing except some old sheep 
Um, so yeah, we built everything from that and built a um, house, did all the yards, um, built a, another unit as well, which um, we had a, an in-law living in that. So uh, yeah, we've done the hard yards, that's for sure. Like lived without electricity for a couple of years um, during a couple of winters where we'd wake up and condensation was dripping from the ceiling, but it was icicles. And I mean, that's only Tasmania. That's not where you guys live. Right. And I'm complaining about it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, this is this is another thing that I think you and I have in common. We both, for a significant time, uh, without being crass, there's no way to say this that's not crass, but we both shit in a bucket for a while. Am I not mistaken? Oh, for a number of whiles. And uh, <laughs> I was quite heavily pregnant at the time as well. So. Really? Yep, I was out. I just remember being out at like two a.m. in the morning, you know, digging a hole <laughs> with a spade. Um, I, I soon learnt to sort of be a bit more prepared. Eventually, mm-hmm. dig the trenches during the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you start. You just you learn stuff. I mean, it's really it's just logic. It's just adapting. We, we're humans. We naturally adapt. It's not rocket science. It's actually right. going back to the basics, and that's actually the hard part. I think we're so far away from it. But it's like, it's not that hard. That's what I learned. I mean, yeah, there's like some challenges to living off grid and, you know, lack of electricity, lack of running water. Um, yeah, this is what I really, challenge. yeah, it's, it's challenging, but it's, it's not that difficult, I guess. Um, it's possible. It's very possible. And like, I enjoyed that episode um, with greener pastures or postures uh, where, you know, you're kind of talking about this trap of convenience right like convenience culture and how um you know it's just funny like getting into sort of the communities of like homesteading prepping um self-reliance like people make a big deal out of it like it's totally a radical thing but truth is it's not that radical it's actually pretty routine pretty normal pretty human like to, to mostly be concerned about like where to dispose of your waste and where to get your food and not be that concerned with a whole lot else is in my mind, it's a blessing. It's, um, you know, it's what really attracted me to backpacking and camping was like the simplicity of life. You know, what's for dinner? Where am I going to take a shit? Like, where am I going to lay my head tonight? Those are my three main questions. Otherwise I'm just here. I'm just yeah. doing it, you know. Oh, totally. We're so far removed from anything that's natural. It's it's really it saddens me a lot, you know, on a, on a collective level because I, I love seeing all these kids, you know, going back to boot camps and things. I've got a friend with her daughter. She's just sent her fourteen or fifteen, sixteen, maybe year old daughter to um, a boot camp for a week without her phone, and I just think that's so so good. And I bet she has a really really good time. But yeah, we are so far removed, and it's no wonder. You know, I mean, just to state the obvious, it's no wonder there's so much stress and you know, people going crazy and not handling things. We're all slaves. You know, let's get into. <laughs> I mean, let's not get into all that with the slavery. <laughs> um, we all know about that. We've all spoken about it to death now. You know, we we know what what we are to those people that are running the slave trade, basically. Um, so yeah, we, we really need, it would do everyone good to get back to their roots, even if they only did it like on a weekend or something just to, it's just so essential to get in touch with nature. I I feel it's the only thing that's really works for me personally to, Mm -hmm. to heal. 
Yeah, it's um, especially water and just like I'm not particularly a water person as in swimming and all that notion, but just being near it, it's really good. I really like that. It's got I an liked, energy. I liked how you had the sort of sound of the babbling brook in that song sort of at the beginning and the end um, because that is, it's a very therapeutic noise. And that goes back to our basic biology, like having that noise in the backdrop meant that you could drink. It meant that there was a water source nearby and it was comforting. It was relaxing to hear that Creek, you know, running by, you know, it was like one of your basic needs are met. And, and, you know, the whole thing about like living without a toilet, um, living without running water. You know, I heard you say it on that episode where it's like, until you've done that for a time, you don't really appreciate how, how radically convenient and, and helpful that is to have a, a faucet that you just turn a knob and the water oh, flows. Yeah. Like people take it for granted, you know? Absolutely. Especially hot water. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we, we, by the time I had my babies or my first one, um, I was, we were sort of in a skeleton type house. So by then we had some plumbing, but I didn't have hot running water. So that was, again, you know, it was, it's just extra time, you know, but mm-hmm. that's okay because you've got the time sort of, that's your lifestyle at that point. It's like, that's just part of your day. You work it in. I mean, even to stay, you guys should know about this, staying warm is a mm-hmm. quite a big chunk out of your day or out of your week or whatever. It's just to organize, to be warm, unless you can flick a switch, of course. But right. I'm talking about people who don't just flick a switch. I'm talking about people who have wood fires and what have you. Um, because I mean that, you know, we, I don't think we ever bought wood. We went and collected ours ourselves. And of course, you know, other people are doing that too. So every now and then you've got to go a little bit further and a little bit further into the woods to get things. But, um, yeah, it was amazing actually the things when I look back at what we pulled off in those years. When I say we, I'm talking about my husband at the time. <laughs> um, but we pulled off some amazing feats and didn't really get hurt. <laughs> it was quite incredible actually. <laughs> That's the first rule. Don't become a victim, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, don't go to hospital. Right, right. Especially if you live kind of remote. Um, that's maybe not even an option. Um, but you know, it makes me it makes me kind of want to ask you, like it sounds like you've been kind of living this path, if you will, for a while. Um, I'm curious, like what first got you on this track? Like, when did you first start thinking about um, all of it? Right. I guess all of it. Like if I can boil it down to just a few, a few words, what radicalized you? (laughs) Radicalized me. Mm -hmm. I was born radical, baby. Hey, I Um, like it. Well, uh, without being, I won't put dates on it too much, but basically when I was a teenager, my grandmother was probably the one that really kind of woke me up. I I used to have little wonderings as a child about strange things that humans did, but never sort of, you know, asked about it much. But my grandmother just sort of, she pointed out a few things. She showed me a newsletter of this. She used to subscribe to this guy. I had his name, Peter, somebody, Peter Sawyer. He was a whistleblower. And uh, she seemed to be onto this stuff. I don't really know what woke her up. Um, and uh, there was another fella, Barry Smith, in Australia back in those times. You guys wouldn't have probably heard of these people. Uh, but anyway, the same sort of thing, predicting what was coming, trying to blame, uh, trying to uh, warn. In fact, first warning I think was Barry Smith's 
he had three books, first warning, second warning and final warning, I think. But he was basically talking about all this stuff that was to come back in the 80s. Um, I've even got a newsletter here. Just one sec. I've got this old thing that mum showed me the other day. It's called Wake Up Australia. What's it dated here? Uh, I scanned it the other day. October 1985, I think it is. And it, the heading is Say No to the New World Order. You know, I mean, the whole thing. Wow, wow, I'll send wow. you the scan at some point. I've just got to sort of uh, patch it together. But so, yeah, I, I was sort of, I tried to read the Constitution, the Australian Constitution. I think I was about 15. <laughs> I got about the first three pages and just went, oh, I don't know what this is. Yeah, yeah. Something, something, something. Um, so, you know, I gave it a go. But um, anyway, then I didn't, you know, went off and beat a teenager for a while and went a bit whatever, did uh, my music sort of career for a while and um, didn't think about it too much, went off, had babies. Um, and then when I moved to Tassie, I, we met a couple up the road from the first place we were in in St Mary's shout out to my friends in St Mary's if you happen to hear this love you um and this guy lent me a book called The Cosmic Conspiracy and it was by a fellow called Stan Dayo um his wife is Louise Dayo I think she might have had something to do with the book too but I read that and it was it was a really really hard read but it was basically about, you know, reverse engineering and anti-gravity and just stuff the military were doing and I mean, looking back, the guy was probably controlled. He's still alive, actually. I looked him up recently, Stan Dayo, D-E-Y-O. And um, I can't remember exactly what he was. He was maybe ex-CIA or ex-NASA or ex-military, something like that. But it was a really fascinating book and I was kind of surprised that I could understand most of what was in there for some reason. I'm not sciencey at all. Um, and that kind of blew my mind. And then I didn't think about it that much again. And then... I mean, it's always sort of in my mind, you know, I see things that are happening and just think, oh, yeah, it's a bit off. But then 2020 came and, like, oh, I will admit it, at first I was I was pretty scared, you know. My, me and my partner um, at the time were we were nervous about it. It's like, oh, this bloody virus. And I think, I think I, most reasonable people were at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd kind of, I sort of, I wouldn't say fallen back to sleep, but I wasn't fully awake at, at that point still. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, you know, we were doing dumb things like when stuff would deliver to the house, we'd wipe down and, you know, wiping down the shopping and crap like that. It was just like, we got a little bit silly, but that lasted about maybe a week and a half or a couple of weeks, I suppose for me. And then I started thinking, I don't know what it was that made me think it, but I just thought, wow, all that PPE gear, I wonder who owns all that stuff. So I just started looking into, you know, face masks. Basically it was sort of 3M primarily. Um, I mean, they're not the only ones. but And then that took me to, I started looking up uh, this site called Stockzoa and it was just basically looking up stock um, owners, you know, like I, I, I don't know anything about this crap. It took me ages to find out what a ticker is, you know. Um, I don't know anything about stock market. I am so not money-minded. I can't stand money personally. It's just a necessary evil. So yeah. I don't have any understanding of economy and all that crap. So anyway, I don't know. I was just being led here and I, I looked up and then that led me to going, oh, wow, 3M's owned by this company, blah, 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 blah. And then I ended up, oh, there's this company called BlackRock mm-hmm. and there's this other company called Vanguard. And this other one, could st- and I just saw them popping up and I just followed that and just went, 
hang on a bloody minute. <laughs> and I started going, hang on, this is not really actually, I don't think what it seems. I think these people are made. And then, that, yeah, it all kind of, and then I just went researchy from that point on and I didn't stop. I still haven't, but, and it's the only way I've really coped with it all is just thousands of hours of research. <laughs> I, I totally relate. Um, I, you know, I think, I think what I'm hearing from you is that you've always been like a curious person, right? Um, and maybe oh, a bit of, a bit of a skeptic, right? Like I was, I was kind of, you know, musing about this on my show maybe a week or two ago where I was thinking back to me being like a, a kid, you know, maybe even like preteen, but starting to ask like questions that my, my parents and my older sisters, their only response was quit being a cynic. Like, why are you asking these questions? Like, it's just the way it is. You know, one, one example is I, I asked why, why is it the sort of norm or, um, I suppose expectation that a man is supposed to spend three months salary on an engagement ring. <laughs> like when I first heard that, I'm like, hold, like I was young and I was young, but I was old enough to recognize that's a quarter of the year. You're spending a quarter of your year's earnings on a little piece of jewelry when all that really is, is, you know, a symbol of, of commitment. I'm like, why does it matter? what it costs. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, it's, it's about romance. It's about, you know, showing your commitment. I'm like that. It, I, even then as like an 11, 12 year old, I'm like, that's bullshit. You know? <laughs> Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, we have a lot of that in sort of thing in common. We just, mm. you just, I think some people are just awake people, you know, I mean, they're mm -hmm. just, I don't, can't really explain what it is. I've, I guess maybe you're similar, but have, do, are you the kind of square peg in the round hole kind of feel? type person Cert certainly certainly <laughs> yeah. always was um you know yeah. i've i've joked at times that i i've had to be a bit of a chameleon at times mm -hmm. because i um it's like you have to fit in right to an extent yeah. especially in like high school and college like if you expect to have a, a friend group you have to kind of like conform to some degree um which is actually not true like you just have to look a little harder for like the type of people you actually want to hang out with. Um, there's, there's other square pegs out there, right? It's a matter <laughs> yeah. of finding them. It's a matter of finding them, but I, yeah. or, I can, or just weird shapes. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You're a weird shape, dude. Hang with me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're not a circle. I'm not a circle, man. <laughs> most go. people are circles. Like let's, <laughs> yeah. Total. But I can relate to what you said about having kind of like ebbs and flows of, of awareness, right? Um, certainly in college, like I was not very awake. I thought I was, you know, mm -hmm. I was very environmentally minded, but I was kind of swept up into the common uh, narrative about climate change and, and all this stuff. You know, I fell in love with nature. That much was clear. And I kind of bought everything they were selling me as far as what the problem was. Right. And I've learned over time that that is kind of an oversimplification. You know, it's not just about CO2, like it's way more deep than that. And I get the impression from your music that you come from quite like an environmentalist point of view as well. Is that right? 
Oh, very much so. And yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I got caught up in the, the climatey thing for a little while and I thought our goal was right onto something and all that stuff. But um, I was, yeah, raising babies and what have you at that point. So just didn't look into stuff. And um, Tazzy, no internet at, as well. So anyway, um, there's one song on there called Mother, which was mm-hmm. sort of written, it's kind of dark, dual meaning part of it to me is like a private meaning. And then there's also the climatey type, well, not climate, environment because it, <clears throat> there's only one shot in that video that I would change now and that's the one of the ice melting because really I don't discredit the fact that we're screwing up certain parts of the planet there's no doubt about that look at the bloody plastic in the ocean that makes me ill uh, those gyres they're called g-y-r-e gyres and there's there's not just one of them there's there's several of them in in the oceans where You're talking the like plastic, um the garbage island. garbage islands yes yeah, yes yeah. and and they're kind of like icebergs where the bit you can see is just the tip because they go down really deep and um it's not just that it's you know the microplastics that that worries me it, that's our children's future that we've you know and like i have made <laughs> ridiculous, stupid sacrifices through my life in the name of not using plastic or, you know, Me too. Me too. going yeah. without stuff because if I go without, then that pig over there who doesn't even think about it, who's just got a trolley full of plastic and convenience food, at least I'll make up a little bit for that pig, you know. Um, so I just, that's the bit that worries me very much um, is the poisons that are going into the atmosphere and the plastics etc that's where the attention should be we all know this climate carbon things just absolute crap mm-hmm. what a load of crap but unfortunately so many will buy it <clears throat> so um yeah I, I got a little bit caught up in that but um yeah i very much have a heart for the earth and and i want i do everything i can to look after the earth you know i'll always pick up papers when i'm on a walk or what have you um well, you know, I, I had Mother in the list of songs I wanted to play, um, and I was going to do it later, but I think it would be cool, actually, because it seems to me that you wrote that song quite a while ago. Is that how long ago would you say? I mean, yeah, again, YouTube, uh... YouTube, it was only uploaded three years ago, but I'm guessing yeah. it was maybe. OK, here it says 2008 recorded 2009. Okay, was it? Okay, yeah, I'll take you it. It's two thousand and eight. I was going to say two thousand and four, but no, that you're you're right. It's uh, it was a little bit later. That's well, right. I, I was um I was in an all girl band at that point, mm. um in Sydney. We <laughs> didn't end up doing a lot of gigs, but geez, we had a good time. Um, anyway, yeah. We well, go. I think it would be more <laughs> instead of playing it later. I think it would be okay. really interesting to play this one now, and then the next one, which I had in the list, was uh, "Fallen Flower." which I I think we can kind of almost compare the two, like as far as what you were thinking in 2008 versus what you were thinking in 2020 or 2021. Mm. Right. Um, I think your, your thought process comes out of these songs. Like to me, it's very apparent and maybe it's because I can relate uh, because I've had similar sort of awakenings over time, but I think we should listen to mother if that sounds good to you. Sure. All right. We're running out of time. Mm-hmm. 
She can say she's truly fine. The hands of the clock keep turning, always just in time. In the world outside, sifting through what's left behind. Oh, nothing is sure in life, but we're running out of time. We're running. the wrong way like this is exactly how i felt maybe seven ten years ago but to me at this point in time if you'll excuse the emphasis um <laughs> this is like the greta thornberg um Ow. attitude a little bit right like we're running out of time now mm. i i personally like i'm still an avid 
environmentalist. I, I think there are real problems, like real crises. But I have come around to the thought that maybe like nature is more resilient than we give her credit for. Um, I don't know. What would you care to say to that? Oh, I would 100% agree with that. I, I, I can't really say anything more because that's exactly how I feel. Like I will never stop caring for the environment. And I just think the, sh- the focus needs to be shifted into the true places that need repair and work and the, modifying. The, practical, and the, 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 work, the workable problems, right? Like the plastics, like mm-hmm. the trash. Um, we don't need those friggin' plastics because hemp mm-hmm. would fix all that because then, you can make plastics and stuff, well, resembling plastics out of hemp. You can make freaking anything out of hemp. They're, they're already making houses and stuff out of hemp. It's mm-hmm. it's excellent stuff. We all know that. Why the hell? I mean, Australia's pathetic. Get it together. Fuck. Seriously. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I really didn't want to swear, but there's hey, a point. I swear know. a lot. Don't feel bad. It, you know, <laughs> sorry, it's, suppo- it's supposedly <laughs> a sign of intelligence if you, like, swear because you just can't help it. Instead yeah, well, of giving me, instead, like, give me well, the green light. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like some people swear to be cool. Some people do it because their brains are working at a thousand miles an hour and fuck, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Australian yeah. regulation people are complete fuckwits. All right. Let's just establish that. What was that um, word? What was that uh, word? Fuckwits. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fuckwits. Um, yeah. Complete. They always have been, always will be. So they just got their head up their butt. Um, people are just, you know, basically carrying on with life. It just makes it a little bit awkward, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, getting back to that song, I just wanted to point out a couple of things. That, sure. um, that little little baby at the beginning that says, we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the uh, daughter of the engineer, Louise Wheatley. So that was uh, that was really cute to get her to stand in front of the mic and just say, can you say this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. It just added a really nice touch, I thought. Um also, that uh, the black and white illustration that was in that, that was sort of panning along for a lot of the song, it was a black and white sketch. Um, that was a six-metre-wide sketch that a gentleman did by hand. Um, and the, the story behind that is that he's an amazing illustrator. His name is Richard Gregory. And when I was a little, like really little kid in primary school, there used to be a magazine called The School Magazine and it was a little black and white, I don't know, less than an A4 magazine um, with a few pages, real cheap, you know, school thing. And um, I never used to read it much but I used to look at the pictures because I loved the illustrations. And anyway, it turned out that, that was Richard Gregory, the illustrator. Wow. And uh, much later in life, you know, many moons, um, in my graphic design business, I met Richard and he became a client and he showed me that illustration and I just went, wow, I have to get that recorded on video and I'd love to use it in a video clip. So I went to a video place and hired like a dolly and a camera and like the real professional stuff. And we, it was the hardest part was finding a place that was big enough to pin it up. And um, yeah, we took some pictures of that and I was just so pleased to be able to, that was like, oh, I had that on video for 10 years or something before I actually put it into a clip. And, um, yeah, he's still a friend now. And I speak to him, well, I don't speak to him because he's not in the greatest of health. He's, he must be in his oh, 70s, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think since the pokey um, might have had something to do with it. 
but uh, anyway, he's he lost his power of speech, so it's really? very it was quite sad. Wow. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was just a little thing of interest. It was a very strange synchro that I admired him so much as a kid. Didn't even know his name. Loved his work, and then I met him and just went, "Oh my God, you're the artist that I used to love as a child." It was just mm. so weird. It's funny how that kind of thing happens. Um, mm. You know, like now that I'm going to conferences and festivals, you meet people, you start talking to them, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, wait, you're so-and-so. Like uh -huh. I've heard you interviewed by so-and-so, blah, 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 on XYZ show. And I know we're like kind of in a niche here with like the Liberty Truth movement, at least the hardcore ones. Um, it is, in fact, a small world, though. Whichever, oh, yeah. whichever way you slice it. Um, and it's funny how all it really takes is mutual interest, right? Like there was a time I was out, I, I, I worked at a national park in South central Utah, like very, very, very remote and little known park. And I was there for 12 months. And I can tell you there were at least three or four times where I met somebody and got talking to him and realized that we had a mutual friend, um, whether it be through, you know, people I went to school with that they worked with or vice versa, this, that, and the other, but like, it would only take 20 minutes of conversation to put the, you know, the connections together and say, holy crap, like, Oh, you, you went to school in this town? Like, do you know so-and-so? Like, holy shit. Yeah, I do. And it is, it's humbling. You know, the seven degrees from Kevin Bacon thing, you know, <laughs> with, with the, the, the world that we're in now with the internet, like it's gotta be like three to four degrees of Kevin Bacon at this point. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> four degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm -mm. Right, right. Um, yeah, look, I think it was a small world even before the internet. So yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably even, well, it definitely is smaller now, but those chance things still happen without the internet, which I love, you know. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I think this is a fair topic, a fair time to maybe listen to Fallen Flowers um, and maybe I'll let you intro it a bit, but to me, that song is all about the connection between people. Is that, I mean, well, there's a lot to that song, I should say, but that's part of it. it you talk about everybody linking hands and I mean, what do you want to say about it? That was actually specifically written uh, in COVID times. So that was like my latest, well, not my latest, but my second latest song um, that I've recorded properly. Um, it's, yeah, it was basically during lockdown. Um, funny thing is I was, I was talking to Brad Binkley. He gave me a call after I'd been listening to the propaganda report for ages and part of the crew. And, um, it was like, oh, we just about time we sort of link up and actually have a chat. So he gave me a call, which was almost two years ago. Um, exactly. And, uh, he said to me, so you're still writing music? And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, why not? And I just went, um, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> just don't, the joy just kind of went out of my heart for years and then it just kind of went basically. Mm. Um, so, and then I just thought, yeah, I, I need to sort of say something and, and like, I'm not very good at most other things. So <laughs> creativity is my thing. Um, 
take that away. Um, yeah, I'm just a meat bag, really, <laughs> trying to grow food. <laughs> hey, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> so I just thought, look, uh, okay, I need to deal with all this stuff, get this stuff out, say something, contribute somehow, maybe get some word out to some people that might only listen to music and maybe I can talk to someone through that. So, okay, I'm going to write this song. And and I was sitting in my office for a while too and I've got these camellia bushes that are just outside my office window. There's quite a few of them and they're big and they're thick. Camellia? Oh, okay. They're just like Camom- a- Is it chamomile? Ca- no, cam- no. It's different. Okay. All right. it's sometimes like a- the sometimes the accent freaks me out. Oh, <laughs> I sorry. I, should yeah, I don't. I don't mean to. I didn't mean to freak me out, but I, I, I assume I hear one thing when you're. I, I'm not sure. So it's okay. not. Okay. Go ahead. Come, They're camellias. Com- I don't. Camellia. Know. You might not have them over there. They're sort of more an English flower, I think. Okay. Um, so they're quite a large bush, and they've got lots of flowers on them, and they're quite heavy flowers. So at a certain time of year, the flowers start to drop. And I'd be sitting in here, you know, I, I often just work in silence. I don't even have music going. Or if I do, it might be classical because I need to concentrate on what I'm doing. So otherwise I'm singing along with things and like not concentrating. Um, so I had silence and, and I'd hear all these flowers dropping. And, you know, it was right in the middle of lockdowns and, you know, it was very heavy, heavy time and quite dark and... Mm-hmm. I just started associating the dropping flowers with dr- people dropping because of whatever, you know, with the mm-hmm. facts or just not coping or dying lonely, whatever. So these flowers in my head started becoming symbolic of each person. Every time I heard a flower drop, I'd, you know, just think of someone or even say a prayer sometimes. And mm-hmm. so that sort of became the theme fallen flowers. Um, and so the whole story is basically just about standing up, holding the line, joining together in strength. Not this, not this oneness that the bloody New World Order are trying to get us into, that forced one unity thing, but yeah. an, a genuine heart link one, you know, mm-hmm. like put all our shit aside. For God's sake, it's time. Join up together and be strong. Ooh. Well, okay. So before I play it, I'll say this, and I think it'll lead into the next topic. But I, one of my very earliest episodes, I got talking with my guest, and I brought up this idea of, you know, they they say the fabric of society, and I'm like, fuck that. Okay, I'm like, I'm like, if we're if we're a fabric, the the only fabric that I can imagine that makes any sense is chain mail. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I am not a piece of thread. Mm. I'm a, or a I'm loose a, end. I'm no, I'm yeah. I'm a link. I'm a, I'm a circle. I'm a link. Yeah. I know we were joking earlier about being, you know, square pegs or whatever, but I'm a, for the sake of this metaphor, I am a, a single ring. I am independent, but I am linked with others. Right. Yep. And and chainmail is strong because of the connections between the rings, right? One ring by itself can be pierced, but a chainmail is very, very, very strong. And I like that image um, because it maintains the independence, like the the autonomy of every individual ring in the mail. But I think I think this is a important. I don't know. I like this metaphor personally because to me, fabric, you are like a strand. You're a, you're, you're just a, a string in this cloth. And 
Well, I think um, I, I like that analogy too and I think mm. that it's really important and what has just happened organically and naturally is that each strong link has left their weaker links behind mm-hmm. and joined up with stronger links so that our chainmail doesn't have weakness, you know. I mean, that seems to – it's a common theme. It's happened to me. It's happened to so many people where their whole lives changed post-2020. I mean, my 12-year mm-hmm. relationship finished. Not – I can't say it was 100%, but it, it was definitely the 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 chopping block sort of event. Um, and, you know, a lot of friends. Um, mm-hmm. You just – yeah, I just sort of – I mean, I, I left my whole area and everything. So everything really changed and – you know, you just got to seek out the new people that are going to be strong enough to stand by you. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I am not perfect. I have so many flaws. It's ridiculous. But I am trying really hard to live in um, sort of an authentic, um, just be authentic, you know, like no more bullshit. I'm, I'm tired of traitors and I'm tired of people who say one thing and mean another. And yeah. I'm tired of people who stab you in the back and I just don't have any more time for it. And, and that doesn't go down that well. People don't right. really like that. They don't really like the truth that much. It hurts, you know. Right, so right, right. Um, I'd rather be alone in truth than among a thousand liars, you know. I I know exactly what you mean. And I'll leave it at that. I have a thousand okay. other thoughts. <laughs> but we'll get to it after the song, okay? Okay. Really, I only have a, a one big thought, which is scattering my brain. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so... Here we go. This is called Fallen Flowers. Seems most of the people never had their eye upon the ball. Did not seem to notice brick by brick. They'd been building us a prison wall And little by little They've been setting up the people For one hell of a fold We've been sounding the alarms But so many of them heard nothing spend their day in line to attend a firing squad some psychopath designed just take your bullet full of poison wait here 15 minutes trust us you'll be fine scoffing at the warnings no never thinking twice Children up as human sacrifice For once they've given up their powers They'll be swept away like falling flowers It's not every day you hear You've been living Trusted with your life until you saw through their 
to tell you this i think i have to pause and sure. come back um i just discovered that my dog slipped away oh <gasps> okay go for it yeah um, i'll go and have a wee anyway so no okay. worries you, you take um, your time mate. it may take some time that's fine I, that's fine i'll just keep checking back 
Okay. You got it. it. I'm, I'm going to leave it recording. Um, we'll just come back and obviously I'll edit. Okay. So. No worries. Yeah. No, go and get your doggy. That's important. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you there, Stella? Hey, you there? Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, I'm still learning how to drive this mic. How did you go? You didn't find him? You know, this this happens every now and again. Um, it's totally on me, but my, my fucking landlord leaves the gate open on occasion. Oh, fuck. Okay. And he's a little explorer, so... Oh dear. Do you need to go and look for him? I, I, I already like Big went time. all the way around the neighborhood and uh checked up and down the roads. I mean Okay. It's a horrible feeling. I've had that happen so many times. Yeah. What sort of dog is he? He's part Shiba Inu and I think part oh. Chihuahua, maybe, oh, or okay. Jack Russell, something. He's Little he's thing. small, he's small, he's smart, and he's resourceful. So I'm going to choose to not let it worry me for the moment. Um, You know, he's chipped. The problem is right now he does not have a tag, which is so dumb of me. He needs Mm. a tag, but he does need a tag, but at least he's chipped. He's chipped. And at the, you know, worst case scenario, he'll end up at the animal control. Um, But he's smart. He's, he never goes far. Mm -hmm. Like I always have this, this fear, but like, I can trust him usually. Um, It's just tough because we're in the city. So it makes me really nervous. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we just got to trust that everything's going to be fine and he's cool. And you just imagine him coming through the door. He'll, he'll either come back. He'll either come back or I'll be on the hunt. No, 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 no. no. Don't even entertain that. Let's just see him coming through the door now, right now. Mm. Yeah. Well, he'll be back. We'll see. We'll see. It's okay. He's smart. He's okay. He's a tough little guy. He can handle his shit. Um, and like I said, usually he doesn't go far. There's gophers. There's stray cats. Um, yeah, and dogs. Something. Dogs get loose in this neighborhood all the time. And um, anyways. Tell your bloody landlord to be more careful. Jeez. I know. I really, I, I mentioned it to him once, like a year or two ago. And, uh, but he just, Fix the he, gate, mate. <laughs> well, it's, it's not broken. He just forgets to close it. And, oh, uh, right. yeah, it's frustrating. Um, but that's I guess... because, that's because me and my dog are super, super fucking enmeshed, you know? Yep. I understand. Yeah. They're a uh, part of you. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're your, your best friend. So, yep. Well, I'm going to trust my best friend for the moment. And, yep. um, I've, yeah. uh, I've said a little prayer there as well. So, thank you. All good. You. All good. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah. But that is, that is the issue. Right. So, like, it's actually, if just... he's part Chihuahua, it'll be more like, he'll be back. <laughs> he's a mouthy little guy. I'll give him that. But um like this was the issue that I the big one that I was going to try to get to is this issue of enmeshment and how like when you feel that your self is entwined with another person's self it gets very confusing and very difficult and I bring it up because this this was like the impetus of our conversation to begin with 
you sent me a comment about my episode on like estrangement and enmeshment and perpetual adolescence. And it was a bit of a cryptic message. I'll be honest. Like I was halfway concerned that I like did damage or something because you said it, it hits you pretty hard. Like, and I'm just curious to understand better. Like, I don't know your thoughts on that issue. And, um, I don't know. Is it, is it a bad thing to be enmeshed? You certainly didn't do damage. Like you didn't set out to do any damage. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just, uh, how would I describe it? Sort of like ripping off an old moldy bandaid that I forgot about, well, not forgot about, have kind of rolled the sleeve down, just forgot, you know, hidden, I suppose is the best place to put that. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it set something in motion, let's say that. Um, I've gone to a lot of bloody effort to put that stuff deep down into me. Thank you, mister. Um, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, me too, it, it me was... too, but it, it has a way of creeping up even if you try to shove it away. You know? uh, it, it has to happen eventually um, mm -hmm. and it was very interesting, the chain of events that took place after that. So it was definitely um, a meant-to-be thing, I think. <clears throat> um yeah, but as far as enmeshment goes, um, I think I have definitely learned the hard way that uh, I'm going to refer to like a, a partner in this case, um, that people can get very enmeshed in their partnership um, as a couple and to the point where expectations become just stupidly unrealistic and completely opposite to what you started out. It's funny, isn't it? Relationships sort of start out where you really admire certain things about a person and what have you. And often they're the very things that someone might just get tired of or try to change about you or whatever. It's sort of like it just takes this flip. I'm not saying this is about every relationship, of course, but um, it seems to be quite general. Um, and I think, you know, relationships are something that they're never dealt with at school, are they? We're never taught really. Our, the only teachers we have about relationships are our families and our, well, our peers, our families, you know, partly our friends' families as well. Um, so, you know, no family is normal. No family is perfect, of course. Um, but when it comes to enmeshment, like with relationships or partnerships, a lot of people really, really so willingly, and it's relevant now in what's happening in the world, but people just give their power away so easily um to another person so you know as a couple it's nice to be have things in common and be you know in unison and, and in, in united in a lot of things but it's also awesome to keep your individuality and keep those things that aren't the same and and you know maintain that because um once you start sort of enmeshing and you sort of become like a real one um it, there's just so much power that over your day, like, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I did come from a very, um, challenging relationship. Um, I mean, it did involve violence, domestic violence, and it was not sort of like an everyday event, but it was pretty harsh when it happened and what have you. And, um, so the mistake that I made a lot of that time was really sort of giving my power over. Um, and it was really interesting actually, because when the few times when I did sort of get some strength in between and what have you, and I'd, I'd sort of stand up and not be a cowering little thing and just stand up and, um, 
just, you know, obviously be like solid and just there was something about me and I'd look him in the eye and what have you. And I mean, the six foot two guy, I was one five seven. Um, and I'd look up at him in the eye <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it really sort of, that would sort of set him off even more sort of thing because, mm. um, it would be like, what the hell? It's not like what I expected. If you, if you showed some semblance, semblance of sovereignty, it was even more yeah. unsettling for him and worse. It, yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, um, it's like you haven't got power over me at the moment. And it's just mm-hmm. like it's um, a bit of a trigger point sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for people. But that's okay because it's just it's a it's all a journey. You know, I mean, I was I was warned by a lot of friends at the beginning. They saw what I didn't because, you know, love is blind, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I won't go into all that, but, um, so yeah, people can really have power over you if you, they, the only power they have over you is the power that you give them. And I think that's really important to take on board because once you actually fully understand that you can stand as an individual and if, if you are in a difficult situation, it does give you strength, um, because it's a choice, but you just got to realize it's a choice. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, an easy one. You had mentioned when we were talking about like chain mail and shit, like um, being able to walk away from people is very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, No matter what kind of like relationship it is, like the more enmeshed you are, the more difficult it is to walk away if it is no longer serving you. And I, I think a lot of people dealt with this throughout COVID at least people who didn't um, do as they were told were put in a very difficult position of um, either pretending like, let's say people didn't say the things they said when they said them and just like plastering over the past versus recognizing that like some people wanted to take away a part of your sovereignty in that moment. And it was very difficult not to let them like, so for me personally, I got pressure from all sides, friends, family, you name it, um, to get Mm -hmm. the jab. And, and there were times where I was like really tempted just to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, just to save the relationship Because it became such a contentious, like, make or break issue. Mm -hmm. And it was horrible. It was horrible. And it was, it was, how do I say? You know, it was empowering to stand in my own sovereignty, but it was not fucking easy. And it's still not easy, you know, like. Those Mm -hmm. friendships, those relationships are still strained. And it's because of the enmeshment that it hurts so bad. You know, like, like I'm, I'm obviously like sitting here thinking about my dog right now. Like Uh I'm keeping it together, but I'm, I'm worried about him. Yeah. Um, but he is. Give out love because it is about vibration. And I just want to remind you that worry is not the vibration you want to be on. Fair. Well, you know, I'm, I I love him. I'm proud of him. He's a smart boy. It's easier said than done. (laughs) Right. Right. But I am, you know, partially, if not fully responsible for him, but the truth is he is he, and I am him and he is a dog. And I've said this a bunch of times, you know, like 
there was this girl at the bar that was talking about it was so it was so absurd she was talking about how her husband is a scientist and he's going to make their dogs live forever you know because the topic around the table was like dogs who had passed it, it was kind of a sad conversation but like occasionally you know i hang out with this group of people most of them like 60 years and older at the bar like the these regulars that are just cool and i hang out with them you know at least a couple days a week mm-hmm. and we were talking about dogs who had passed you know and t- people are telling stories like we're all kind of vulnerable with each other it's a beautiful kind of little community and and the one girl who is not really a part of the group so to speak um she's like oh no like my dogs are never gonna die and I just looked at her. I took it like kind of disrespect. Yeah. I'm like that. That's kind of like putting down all the dogs who did die. And again, I'm not trying to bring the wrong <laughs> vibration here, but I'm saying like, I, I, I looked at her. I said, no, a dog is a dog. Like the day I got my dog, I recognized the fact that he would not be with me forever. You know, he's, I, he's mortal, you know, and I'm going to give him his best life. But this this unrealistic expectation that like the fairy tale ending like my my husband's a scientist so he's going to keep our dogs alive forever i'm like you know that's bullshit why are you even saying it like yeah mrs fauci shut up yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know i'm i'm just i guess i don't know exactly where i'm going except to say that like shit happens and like sometimes relationships don't work out and like you can you can really make yourself miserable trying mm-hmm. when there's nothing Wasting you can do yeah. when there's flogging a dead do. horse. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know. Does uh, that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Okay. Um, it's, it's interesting actually, because last night, and this is, this is quite by chance when we're just on the subject of enmeshment, there's this thing. Have you ever heard of it? It's called fetal maternal microchimerism or chimerism. You know, as in chimera, fetal so, maternal microchimerism. I mean, I have I have a grasp on all of those sort of bits. Um, it's really microchimerism. So you're yeah. saying that, like, on a very very small level, the cellular level, right? There is some level of um, shared, like, between mother and 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 uh, and fetus there's that like... is exactly right okay explain explain more I, I knew nothing about this until last i mean it's totally logical but just the way it was put um i do believe in cell memory so um i guess that kind of works in but anyway it says yeah. here i'll just read this bit because this is a bit that got me when pregnant the cells of the baby migrate into the mother's bloodstream and then circle back into the baby it's called mm. fetal maternal microchimerism For 41 weeks, the cells circulate and merge backwards and forwards. And after the baby is born, many of these cells stay in the mother's body, leaving a permanent imprint in the mother's tissues, bones, brain and skin, and often stay there for decades. Every single child a mother has afterwards will leave a similar imprint in her body too, even if a pregnancy doesn't go to full term or if you have an abortion. These cells still migrate into your bloodstream. This is the bit that really got to me. Research has shown that if a mother's heart is injured, fetal cells will rush to the site of the injury and change into different types of cells that specialise in mending the heart. Wow. The baby helps repair the mother while the mother builds the baby. 
Ooh. That's that, you know, that's gotta be a design, man. Of course, of course. It's wild. Well, and it, yeah. it goes it goes a certain way, um, ways to explain the maternal instinct of mammals, you know. Absolutely. That that does not exist with birds or reptiles or bacteria or you know the maternal instinct well as in like a a clucky lizard (laughs) i'm saying i'm saying that chimerism that micro chimera uh Uh, action because you know with a bird they lay an egg they lay an egg but that egg is separate from the the mother right true yeah there's there's some degree of maternal like bird instinct not the same as mammals. I mean, that is actually what the uh, study pointed out. It was placental mm-hmm. mammals specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, what you said about the, the instinct, you know, if you're a mum, it says here further on, if you're a mum, you know how you can intuitively feel your child even when they are not there. Well, now there is a scientific proof that mums carry them for years and years, even if they have given, even if, even after they have given birth to them. So, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying, like the mother's intuition. I mean, there was many times, you know, I mean, I was separated from my children for a few years and there was many times in that time where I just had this really strong feeling about one of them or, um, and just felt sure, felt sure that they needed me for something. Mm-hmm. And did they? You're saying you had like a sort of telekinetic well, it's kind of hard to pinpoint because I didn't sort of really think to make, you know, notes or dates. And I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't have made notes or dates when they were sort of probably sitting, you know. I mean, I did find out later that, yeah, there was certain times when, yes, there was that would have happened. Um, so whether that coincided with my feelings, I don't know. But I'm just, mm. I'm just trying to explain that there was definitely some sort of an intuitive thing where, I mean, I'd always think about them, but... Sometimes it was just more than that. You know, it was like this real. Well, I, I, I would believe it. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, like my, my personal experience. And obviously like, <laughs> this is a bit of a stretch, but I think this maybe carries over to some degree with siblings. Right. And take it with a grain of salt, but I was on acid, <laughs> first of all when my sister was in labor, which oh, was right. probably unwise <laughs> on my. Wow. My what a life. trip. Yeah. Well, I, I was not in the same place. Like I wasn't at the hospital. I was, I was in college and me and my friends <laughs> decided to trip acid. And so we're at my friend's house and we're all like getting into the trip. And I get a text saying, Hey, your sister's in labor. And I'm like, Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> And a couple hours go by and like, we're tripping, we're tripping hard. Like it was some good acid. And all of a sudden I got like very anxious and very like, I was just thinking of nothing other than my sister. And about five minutes later, I get a text saying, you know, baby, baby Winnie winter is my niece. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baby Winnie was born three and a half minutes ago. And so I couldn't help but think there might have been some tele, uh, not telekinesis, but tele telepathy going yeah, on whatever there. Whatever it is, yeah. And um, and you know, I can't speak on my mother's 
behalf, but there have been times where I have been in like low places and I've just kind of like almost cried out for mama when I'm all by myself, but I was, I was too proud or too in a fatal position. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was too proud to just call her on the phone and talk Mm -hmm. to her partly because COVID family Mm -hmm. difficulties. All sorts of different reasons. Yep. You know, I had never been so alone as being the only person I knew personally not to take the damn shot. Wow. You know, I've Good met a lot you, of man. people. Like, I've met, let's I've met just a lot pause of people there. Sorry, can we pause yeah. there for a moment? Because I really want yeah. to acknowledge that. Mm. I just think that is just like, thank you. Thank you for holding the line because you're my brother. Mm. That was, that's cool. Good on you. Um, it, yeah. It's not freaking easy, uh, especially like family. I that's I couldn't do that. Um, well, I could, but I had the privilege of my family being awake, so that was extremely fortunate. Um, my, mm-hmm. I mean, my family's tiny. My mum and my brother, pretty much, and my children, of course. But mm-hmm. that's another story, and I'm going to get into right now. But um, yeah, um, the immediate family, mother and brother, who are sort of surrounding me, they're awake. So that was a great start. But and if they weren't, man, that I can't imagine. I, I don't know. I don't know. You can't say how you'd, how you'd go. So yeah, good off. Good for you. That's, that's strong. And I really admire that. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm not looking for like any kind of praise. It's like, it was the hardest thing, but it just sucks that they put us in that position. Um, yeah. And it sucks that it worked. <sighs> yeah. And like, it's very hard now, you know, like I, I I've maintained contact with everybody to, to, greater or lesser degrees depending on sort of how horrible they were to me frankly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but i've not like cut anybody out of my life entirely but i have i have definitely put up like thick boundaries with people after that you know like yeah i'll come to dinner but like i'm not gonna just play along yeah ne- necessarily you know like play the, play the game right right yeah oh it's, it's um, heavy it's heavy shit man but well, yeah, well I've, I've you know i've sort of i didn't intend to cut people out of my life but i just in making the decision that i was not going to put up with any more nonsense about certain things like traitors etc i just it's like no i'm just not going to do it i'm not I'm, i can't sit in that room and be an authentic person I mean, it's funny, I had this thought the other day about, uh, you know, the description of hell in not particularly the Old Testament where they say, you know, the, the gnashing of teeth and <laughs> it's like lakes of, fi- lakes of fire. and Yeah, yeah. Gnash- yeah, all that lovely stuff. And uh, I mean, like Jesus himself says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within. Don't look there. Don't look there. He's, the kingdom of heaven is within. And I think, well, maybe the king- mm-hmm. kingdom of hell is within as well because, how many times have we had to sit there just like burning up inside, gnashing our teeth? Mm-hmm. And it's like I just decided I was just going to try to drift away from those kind of situations wherever possible, um, yeah. which I just make it possible because you don't have to do freaking anything that you do not want to do. Nobody can make you do nothing. And uh, to it's, in, it's inconvenient because I know it would be a lot more convenient for a friend, for a, a person, if I would change my mind and play play the game, but no, just not doing it. You reach a point. 
convenience kills, man. Like, yep. no, yeah, let's not even let's not even pretend like convenience is a virtue. Exactly. Um, the hard Got thing us is, into this mess. Yeah, the hard thing is usually the right thing. Generally, like, and <laughs> especially when it comes to relationships and like, yeah, sometimes the hard thing is to walk away. Um, at least for a time, you know, like it mm-hmm. sucks. It really does suck. But for your own sanity, your own sovereignty, like 100%. I, I, I've become very grateful for my most authentic friends. Like it's become abundantly mm-hmm. clear who they are, you yeah. know, yeah. and I've made a lot of cool new friends. Um, you know, there's there's obviously a certain degree of like when you grow up with someone versus when you meet someone more recently, there's a difference in that sort of bond. Um, but it's just nice. Um, even though I've lost a lot of old friends and made a lot of new friends, like the few old friends I still have, have given me the strength to make new friends. Otherwise I might've just thought I was totally alone, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They certainly pulled a Swifty on everyone. They sure as hell made us feel like we were all alone. And it's just, it's taken a little bit of chipping away to realize we were actually quite a large, a, a much larger portion than we were led to believe. And it's hard to, to say that because we look around and see a lot of people around us who aren't. But then there's, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who congregate, congregate sort of in certain areas that are very awake. And it's really encouraging to see all these. Um, doctors and what have you standing up. I mean, I could get really cynical there, but I'm going to try to keep it light. <laughs> but to see all these professionals standing up and finally, um, you know, getting a few eyes turning and a few ears listening, and uh, that's a good thing. Uh, it's very encouraging that, I don't know, every now and then you sort of hear oh, the, the elites and what have you, they're all, it's all, they're all sort of eating each other and still falling apart and what have you. And it's like, oh, and then you see what's happening. Uh, sometimes you just got to stop looking around and just get into the garden or go for a walk and watch a bird, you know, just mm-hmm. everything just fuck off for now, please. And leave me alone. <laughs> I need to regenerate. <laughs> and, I, and it all goes away. <laughs> I blame, I blame a certain amount of it on like cell phones and email oh, and the computers. The yeah. Be- well, because it's like people expect to get you whenever they want you. And I'm I'm notorious for number one. I never, hardly ever respond to group texts. Mm-hmm. You know, like the only group message I'm I respond to is the WTF forum Telegram. As of this moment, I'm like because that's just fun. And uh, but like group text messages, planning stuff, all that. I'm like I'm like I don't y'all figure it out i don't give a shit (laughs) let me know what the plan is like yeah exactly you know but like even just like with my clients with my family with my friends more often than not i respond maybe three to 24 hours later like when i have a moment yeah yeah like i i do not feel beholden to my phone and so many people like kind of almost take that as a slight and i hope they you know i hope they learn not to because 
frankly, we never developed etiquette around these goddamn things, you know, like we never, (laughs) it used to be like with a landline phone, I'm, I'm barely old enough to remember, but it's like, you don't call before nine and you don't call (laughs) after nine, you know, or even maybe eight, like that's just bad form. And you leave a message and you, you're not in a huge rush to hear back. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of different now. People expect to be able to get in contact instantly. And I don't owe that to anybody, frankly. Yeah. It's they've, we've been trained well, haven't we? It's just the mm-hmm. whole pace of life is sped up. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have this access, I mean, I, I, I'm old enough to remember the rotary dials, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, before even answering machines, but um, that's, yeah, it was, it, we have been trained. Life has been, what's the word pillaged. <laughs> that's the way I'd say it. Life's mm-hmm. been raped and pillaged by the internet and uh, sped up and, um, you know, whether if you, you just sort of get caught up in it. It's sort of like being in a rushing creek, sort of, you just get caught up in this current and you can choose to try to swim to the side and have a rest for a while. I did it recently. I just, I had to turn off um, everything. I did it for a week. I just, good, well, I, I didn't fully turn off because I had to check, you know, certain things for my business and what have you, but mm-hmm. I did things that I didn't usually do. Like I've always listening to something, um, and like whether it be a podcast or whatever, I just left my phone in my room. I didn't take it to the garden with me. I unsubbed from a lot of things. I even got rid of a bunch of apps, mm-hmm. um, even ones that like I have now got back again because I have to, but I just got rid of them because I just didn't want to know anything that was going on at that time. I needed to cut off and I heal. This is post your episode. <laughs> um, wow, wow. So, yeah, it was just one of those moments in life a pivot point where it's like okay here it is i got to deal with it um because it, like I don't, I don't want to say too much but like something else happened after that uh, which was very personal and uh it was something that i'd been anticipating for about 20 years basically okay like in a nutshell i'm not in contact with my daughter and she was going to get married at some point and that's sort of like, then I found out from my boy that she's had a hen's night and it's like, okay, I guess it must be this weekend or next weekend or something. Cause that's what normal people do. Um, so that was a really difficult time because that's sort of been in my head for, you know, a long time. Wow. And I just had to get over that hump and that whole, yeah, estrangement thing just, it just stirred up a lot of. Skeletons, I suppose, um, or, you know, ripped off a lot of band-aids and had to happen, had to happen. But like, as, as fucking painful as it is at the time, um, it's, you get to a point where you realise something shifted, something happened. Um, I guess maybe it was the time passing in the sense of, okay, well, I guess maybe she might be now, because I don't even know. Um, and it's like, okay, well, that bit's now done. I can now get on with my life. So... That's sort of what happened there. And it was really interesting to see the whole process and feel it and go through it and sort of trying to scream quietly so no one can hear you. Um, screaming without making a sound, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, you know, don't let too much know what's going on around because, you know, you don't want to write, worry your mum and you just sort of say one or two things and then that's like, it's okay, just got to deal with it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was interesting. So it was a conversation that I needed to hear. It was one that actually should have been had 
I think it was a really important conversation what you, oh, what you talked about topic. It Had I heard that talked about sort of much many years ago, it might have helped. I mean, just that topic never gets talked about, especially for a mum. Mm-hmm. Usually dads that are estranged and what have you, but. Um, I would, I would almost expect that that might not be true because enmeshment is so powerful between mother and, and children. Um, I would expect that in estrangement might happen more often with a mother. And I only say uh, that, true. I only say that on a hunch, um, you know, yeah, I, I agree that probably yeah. there's lots of different circumstances lead to estrangement. Um, some of it can be, but when when it's when they're young children, it's sort of like it's not really their decision. But when they're older children, then yeah, it's it could be a completely different circumstance. Like you were saying with about your situation, um, you were much older when you were sort of describing, you know, that episode particularly. And not saying that it didn't sort of start suddenly when you were older, but that's when you were kind of dealing with it. Um, and it was your choice to deal with it a certain way. Yeah. 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 So um, it's everybody's different. Everyone's in a different situation, but it's a very lonely place to be as well because yeah. most people aren't in that situation that are around you. And unless, you know, unless they know the whole story, which can take hours to sit down, it's like, it's all, you know, it's not great dinner table conversation. <laughs> um, you know, difficult. most people. It's yeah, difficult. Yeah. Some of the people closest to me didn't even know that I was, going through all that they just said well you you are you you know you sure <laughs> yeah um I can't bite my own hip here have a look <laughs> uh stuff like that you know it was like um so you just yeah you just sort of got to get through stuff some stuff's hard but then it's you just got to have find the strength you know somehow you find the strength and it's hard because your, your strengths get zapped in situations but anyway I don't want to sort of dwell in self-pity or anything because I'm past all that. No, no, no. And I I wish I had, like, I wish I had the words, you know. I don't have the words right now. Um, Mm. Well, but I I think, I think, I think maybe that's when music comes in handy. And as you can see, (laughs) as you can see, I pulled up one of your songs. And for whatever reason, when I listened to this today, like, to be honest, I only listened to it the once. But when I heard it, I, I put it next to the word enmeshment. Um, mm-hmm. And so maybe we just listen to this and then we yeah. can kind of move forward. Sure. We'll say we're not going to move on, but we'll move forward. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But passengers We pay the fare all our lives Oh, then we find out Life is so unfair That's love. 
are just playing the game Follow the rules made by them Oh, as they draw the lines Shift in the sands of time We do what we do Cause it's all that we can By the man melting sand down into your looking glass. It's so damn easy to get some in. Baby, death can be a pain in the ass. But that's life. Stella Q. Uh, and that fabulous photography by Peter Enright, a fellow mm. that I used to work with years ago, a cameraman. For anybody just listening, um, you should look up Stella Q on YouTube because, um, yeah, the, the visuals are pretty cool in a lot of her music. So, um, yeah, you know, the last little line on my shall we say, uh, outline for this conversation was healing. And I don't really have a question except how do we heal? (laughs) That's a fantastic question. People say that time heals all wounds. I don't agree. Not at all. It might lessen, (laughs) but that scar tissue is always there. It's always vulnerable. Um, You don't learn to... You don't learn to ever get over things. You just learn to live alongside them. You just got to find a place where you can tolerate and move on. You know, you, you just have to take some time sometimes, you, it, whatever it takes, whatever your fancy is, you know, if it takes um, uh, climbing a mountain, jumping out of a plane, <laughs> disappearing for a while down a hole, I don't know, whatever you got to do, just um, be kind to yourself. Uh, understand that you know not everything's in your control and we do better usually when we know better Um, but we all make mistakes I think healing uh, the thing that really gets me and I always like to ask people what they think about forgiveness because that's that's a really daunting one for me 
I don't really know. I mean, <laughs> I could look in the Bible and probably find all the words that say this is what it is and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. I get it. But to really be authentic with forgiveness, I think that comes in waves as well because I don't, there's no switch. There's no particular time. Everything's cyclic, you know. Everything is. Everything that's natural and organic has cycles. And there's no particular time where you can say, okay, I've now forgiven that person. I mean, I can say, okay, well, I, I have this fear that, you know, when you forgive, you're basically kind of almost saying, well, that was okay. But no, it wasn't okay. It was never okay. And, and there's a point where there's a little bit in there, I will never forgive you for certain things, certain things, not so much things you did to me, but, or what have you, whoever it may be. But, um, you know, and then you get the whole, well, you know, if you don't forgive, then you're condemned. And uh, it's like, well, okay, sorry, I'm human. I'm going to be just human. I'm going to be my human because I'm my meat bag and these are my bones. And I just, I can only feel the way I feel. Sorry. Um, so sometimes, you know, I can pray for my enemy. No worries. I can do that because I, I want them to turn around. But there's certain little bits, certain little thorns, that certain bullets that you just can't get out, you know, that you can't remove them no matter how good the surgeon is or what have you and I'm not saying that practical I never got shot but uh in a metaphysical metaphorical kind of way um yeah it's like um being you know this the the emotional and the spiritual injuries are far worse than any physical injuries because those things they can heal and you know they are permanent reminders sometimes which can be hard to escape but um that other stuff that's really hard to heal i mean it does take a lot of time but it also takes a lot of uh wisdom and you know preferably support from people if you've got it if you haven't oh man you just gotta you know i i I really believe in the power of prayer and i know that from experience that whatever it is i'm not just talking like as from a religiousy religiosity kind of thing i just know it works because i've seen it i've 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 seen it. I've experienced it many times. Um, you just can't explain certain things and other people that I've talked to um, that I trust. So I really encourage people to embrace prayer because I believe that there is something. I mean, our voices say things out loud. Even thinking creates vibration. And I don't fully understand all that quantum physics and blah, blah, but I do believe it is a, it's a fact. And it does, you know, vibration, music has an effect um, you know, we've all seen those those sand and rice patterns done by the Japanese dude or whoever, um, lots of people now, and those amazing patterns. And, I mean, that's a whole other rabbit hole, but they have an effect on cells, on our cellular structure. And that's why I always remember when I was going through my happy, clappy church stage, uh, one of the visiting prophet came and, and I, he was kind of special. Um and, yeah, he just said, he said, be really careful what you allow into every orifice of your body, you know, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your sexual organs, your everything, you know, every orifice, like be careful, guard it because it does have influence. And whether that be just like a spiritual kind of metaphysical th- thing or, or an actual physical, it, I, I believe there is a physical structural change. I mean, we've all felt the base of a speaker standing, next, you know, at a concert, what have you, just going right through our bodies and that changes our cellular structure. So I believe that's um, quite a valid point. Just be careful what goes in. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that's, um, hmm, 
I didn't little... really say much about healing, but um. Well, I, no, I you said it... you said no. You said a lot. It was good. No, um, <laughs> at least it resonated with me. Um, you know, I'll say I have not. I I grew up praying, but I got away from it. Mm-hmm. Easy to do. It's really I, hard to remember sometimes. Yeah, for for my own reasons, I won't explain, but. Um, um, you know, in the Bible, have you read the Bible? Not I don't want to get yet. all Bible on you. Okay, no, no, no so. go ahead. But uh, <laughs> not cover to cover, but I've read significant portions. Yeah. Okay, it's one of the few books I have read cover to cover because mm-hmm. I was never much of a reader before twenty twenty. That changed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, in the Bible, it does say. I used to sort of, kind of scoff at this. It says, "Pray unceasingly." Somewhere I don't know where it is. Sorry, I can't quote, but pray unceasingly and I used to think oh, you'd never get anything done you know I just had this picture of a uh, monk you know sitting in a cave praying on sea it's like no no actually it, it's a it's a training your, your own thought it's like now it's just part of my everyday routine is to pray unceasingly almost it's like if I hear I live near a highway if I hear a siren go past I'll say a quick prayer um if I see someone that I resonate with in a supermarket that looks down or sad or needs help or something, I'll say a prayer just as I walk past something. Just that sort of unceasingness, um, you know, like, yeah, that's that's what I think is pray unceasingly, just incorporating it, intertwining it into your life um, as part of the thought process. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, I'm sure it doesn't. And um that's the funny thing. I've started saying little prayers here and there, re- like very recently. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of just like, um, I don't know what else, what else can you do sometimes? Um, exactly. And aside from self-medicate, which I'm guilty of often. Oh, me too. Mm, right? Like. That's all part of, okay, let's get back to the healing thing. Mm-hmm. There's some good ways to heal and there's some bad ways to heal. And I've spent a right. lot of time doing it the bad ways. Yeah. So um, it's time, you know, sometimes you just got to put the big pants on, you know, face it. Well, Stella, I, you know, I, I feel like I knew I had an instinct. I had a intuition that this would be a heavy one. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it was my friends ed- will be laughing right now. <laughs> Discord <was> friends. <laughs> it was an educated guess, but you know, you and I both often um like the shows we do, they're fun, they're funny. You know, we might be covering like hardcore stuff, but we're doing it in a light kind of way. At least that's the impression I get from you guys. Um, you know, the union of the unknowns seems to be like a fun loving bunch, but very aware and very um I guess serious about what matters, right? Yeah, yeah. And I respect uh, that. I'm glad that we've kind of like, you know, I I do I did have one little like <laughs> note about sort of this cross pollination between groups of you know internet friends, if you will, you know, podcasters. Uh, you know, the, the the liberty movement is blooming, and and mm. the connections are being made, and. I'm grateful that I've gotten acquainted with you and with Ashley and, you know, a whole bunch of other folks, but shout out Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah love yeah. Ashley. I love all my friends, all my new friends and, and, and you guys now, you know, I love you guys. It's been, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I didn't, didn't really know where this was going to go today. I'm sorry that it got heavy, but, um, no, there don't was, be, don't be, 
don't know. It's that's <laughs> like typical. It, it, it needs to happen. Don't apologize. Yeah. You know, like um, this is healing to me. Like that's why I got into podcasting because I was I was having conversations that I really felt had impact, and there was a little voice in my head saying, like, share these conversations, like, make mm-hmm. them available because people need to hear that they're not alone, that there are ways to heal, you know? You know, actually, it's interesting. I just had a thought because with my older friends, and I don't mean to offend them or anything because I love them all, but I've probably talked more um, about important issues and probably had more healing conversations really, apart from my one, you know, really long time, long time best girlfriend. Um, But I've probably had more healing conversations with people that I've never met and I've only known for a year and a half or two. And they, it's just been like, I mean, the only thing left is to walk through a door and have a hug really. But absolutely. You got to do incredible. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been incredible that, um, yeah, there's a lot of these conversations I kind of wish I could have had with some of my older friends, but they're sort of, subjects that it's yeah it's just too heavy it's too this is why there's always still going to be a a stigma about mental health because as much as people stand up and they virtue signal and they say yeah you got to come out and you got to speak and you got to you know tell a friend or blah 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 but really in the reality sometimes people just don't want to hear it like they don't mean to be mean or anything it's just uh yeah you're such a wet blanket or you're always so down just smile and chin up and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, like there's a difference between sadness and depression. I've managed to figure that out. I've had both, <laughs> but that's another story. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think just that stigma of mental health, of, of actually really being able to speak out um, about things that you need to speak out about. I think that's where podcasting is a brilliant um, block that fits in that hole because, these are the conversations that need to be had that a lot of people wish they could have or don't even know they need to hear. <laughs> like that one that you um, brought out was like, oh, bang, whew, right between the eyes, you know, but I needed to hear yeah. it. Yeah. And so I think it's brilliant. And um, thank I can't thank you enough for um, having me on. I, I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea mm-hmm. that I was going to be able to, uh, gosh, have some music heard and stuff i mean that's kind of cool that's bloody amazing and <laughs> tell some yeah, stories yeah. yeah well you know that's what easy peasy is all about you know we don't want to we don't want to paint us paint ourselves in a corner um and stick to one topic like i don't know i i i my whole goal from the start has been to have like authentic conversations so i'm not gonna like sugarcoat it whatever yep. we gotta say we're gonna say it um yeah doesn't mean we're stop always sugarcoating we have got to stop sugarcoating because everybody's just too marshmallow. This is the pink marshmallow generation. We've got to grow some balls and harden up. And I think on that note, it would be <laughs> a really good time to play Hour of the Wolf. What do you think? Oh. <laughs> well, I just want to say, are we going to go out on this or are we going to yeah, talk that later? Was my that was my intention okay. is to kind of wrap up. And um, right. I think we'll let this play us out. So, yeah, I guess before we play it, share final thoughts you know plugs whatever you want to say uh yeah i don't really want to plug it too much um tyler bates was the guy i was trying to think of before mm, just to name okay cool. um but uh anyway 
Uh, yeah, look, if you want to listen to some music, I do it for – I give it away. It's free on YouTube because screw Spotify, totally up your ass. Um, and people like that, streamers that just rip off artists. Nah, I'm just going to give it away. Um, not out to make any money. Not really got a presence on social media apart from Discord, but, you know, if you want to hear me rant in there, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> That's Union of the Unknowns podcast that I'm on every now and then. Uh, and I can't thank you enough, Mike. It's just been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and, and, the, and the dudes. And thank you so much for this chat. I've really loved it. And I also knew that, you know, we have definitely, yeah, brother from another mother, mate. Kindred souls. I agree. Love ya. I agree. Love ya. <laughs> Back at you. Love you too. Um, no, it's so cool to like meet kindred spirits, uh, other square star triangle shaped pegs trying yeah, to polygonal trying to, or something, whatever we are. <laughs> trying to exist in this round hole. Yeah. Human um, shaped. <laughs> yeah. Human. Human. That's the best way to put it, man. Yeah. I I, I totally agree. Uh, a lot of people don't behave like humans right now. Um, but Being a bit primeval. But I don't I don't have a whole lot else to say except thank you. Uh, really was a pleasure, and maybe we can do it again. Um, you know, I don't want to yep. say maybe. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, let's do it again. Um, we'll find some other stuff we can talk about. So some other stuff. I just want to give a quick shout out to my bro who um, has mm-hmm. helped me with the music. He plays uh, bass, you know, lead harmonica, and he. Um, there's a story about that, but I won't go into it now. But shout out to my brother. I love you very much. Mm. Um, all right, love you all. Right on. Love and if you, you wanna if you <laughs> if you wanna hang out until the end of the song, we'll we'll say an informal goodbye off the air. Okay. Sure. Cool. And may you have your hour of the wolf. Your puppy will be home any minute. Yes, yes, he will. All right, here we go.
He came back in the hour of the wolf. <laughs> my God, my God, listeners! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hang on, I want to make sure he's not going to run away again because he yes, just bolted please. for the door. Oh shit! <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Easy Peasy Podcast. Thank you, Stella. So much love. I will be right back yeah. to talk no to worries, you. Man. I'll but be that's you. the end. Love you. Love you guys. If you would like to donate to the Easy Peasy Podcast please go to easypeasy.ittybitty.tips. Thanks for listening.